0: your holy name for the privilege to teach the uncompromised word to your people this morning. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you teach through me. I thank you that this word, this seed will fall on good ground, good soil, and it will bring forth a mighty harvest. I thank you, Father God, that we will see areas in our lives that you love us so much that you have prepared a way for us to be able to change things around and walk totally free in the name of Jesus and we just thank you for this in Jesus name amen Um, I'm going to be teaching a sermon on temptation this morning and I don't know if I've ever taught a sermon on temptation but I'm going to be teaching this this morning so the Bible teaches that we are all tempted to sin no one's immune from that how many know that every one of us is tempted to sin, probably every day, you know, you might even get mad at the cat or the dog or, you know, your car, you know, but you don't, you're tempted, but you don't have to yield to it, and so I'm going to go ahead and, and share a little bit here of a person that's well known, I don't like to bring up a person's name, but in 1986, Gordon MacDonald, who was at the time the president of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, was asked the question, If Satan were to blow you out of the water, how do you think he would do it? Mr. McDonald said, I'm not sure I know. All sorts of ways, I suppose. But I know there's one way he wouldn't get me. He'd never get me in the area of personal relationship with my family. That's one place where I live. No doubt, I'm strong as you can get. Within two years of making this statement, this admirable and respected Christian leader was a broken man. He had committed adultery against his wife and nearly lost everything he had. He never expected this to happen to him. But it happened. He was very well-known in the Christian community, especially the InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. But, And I'm not saying something that isn't well-known. It's a long time ago, but I just, at the beginning, want to share this. I've, I found this online, and I felt to bring this into it because none of us ever speak, expects to do certain things in our life, but, it, but we're tempted. Like, I've never been tempted to rob a bank um, I certainly don't plan on it. <laughs> I would be shocked. But we, we need, this shows you that you need to really keep a guard on your life and your heart. Amen. So Satan is called the tempter. Let's look at Mark 4, 3. Let's just say, I'm going to love this sermon. <laughs> Out loud, please. Tell God I'm going to love this sermon because it's going to open my eyes to some things that are around us. Amen. Mark 4, 3. Give attention to this. I hope I didn't get the wrong one. Give attention to this. There went out a sword to soul. I think I goofed it on that one. Let me see something in a minute. Yeah, I wanted fourteen. To read. Let's see. Is it Matthew, Matthew fourteen? Matthew four three. Okay, thank you. I was writing so fast last night when the Lord gave me this. I was not the one that was going to be preaching. Okay, here we go. Then Jesus, would start with verse 1, was led, guided by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness desert to be tempted, tested, and tried by the devil. And he went without food for 40 days and 40 nights, and later he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are God's son, command these stones to be made loaves of bread. As you read through, through Mark and you see all the temptations that Jesus had, he was tempted in his spirit, he was tempted in his soul, and he was tempted in his body. Amen? But we see that the devil is the tempter. Amen. So, And look at 1 Thessalonians 3, 5. Thanks, John, for that. I appreciate it. I pray that you all enjoyed the, the tape series that we played. Um, I talked to the the um, before we bought the series. I I don't I don't know what they said. Pastor and I have only heard one, or two of them, um, and I'm really not. I was wandering, doing things, um, but I talked to the person that is over us as pastors. The man that's over churches. They have several people that are over different churches, and I asked him certain questions. I wanted to know if John Bevere was still on, that he hadn't gotten off the track like some people have really gotten off the track in in this hour and he was in the areas I asked about so um, know this that I have not heard the tapes if any of this was in the tapes then just say well then God knows amen so in first Thessalonians 3 5 um, for as you all well know we never never restored either to words or flattery of any cloak to conceal greedy motives and pretexts for gain. God is our witness. Let's see. Three, five. Did I hit the right one? Yes. For neither at any time when we flattering we use flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak of covetousness, God is our witness. So the tempter is out there to get everybody, even ministers, to try to flatter or do whatever. Tempter. Pardon. First Thessalonians, Thessalonians what did I do? Mine says first. Do I want second? Thessalonians, I'm sorry, you're right. For this cause... Father, help me with this sermon because you know where I am with this, this sermon and I'm doing this out of obedience. So we'll just go there. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you and our labor be in vain. Thank you for all of you helping me today. This is the reason that when I could bear the suspense no longer, I sent that I might learn how you were standing the strain And endurance of your faith. For I was fearful. Lest somehow the tempter had tempted you. And our toil among you should prove to be fruitless. And to no purpose. I will tell you. Every pastor that is teaching the word. Has this. this, I don't want to call it a burden. But it is. On them. About the people that sit under them knowing that your biggest desire is that they make it to heaven and they live the life that that God would desire you to live on this earth including us and as we get closer to the to the day of his return it gets stronger and stronger and stronger and so um, we know that the tempter's out to get us he doesn't care how spiritual we are or how how secure we are in our Christian homes. He is going to tempt us to sin hoping to lead us away from God and our families. That's the thing that he desires to do. Lead us away from God and lead us away from our families in any way he can. Lead us away from those that are in authority. When he leads us away from God, he leads us away from those that he places over us who are our authority he he gets he gets us to start murmuring and complaining and seeing things that that in in the human part of a person and so he 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 will do everything he can to draw you away from those that have authority over you or, or that are called to protect you so we know that he wants he doesn't want us he doesn't want us to make it to heaven. Let's just be real blunt. He wants to keep us. Any of you that saw Driven by Eternity, read the book, heard Aphabel, you realize what went on. Since we know the enemy is after us, we must be prepared for his attacks. Be prepared for his attacks. I think about the story of the three pigs. That was one of my favorite. I liked Winnie the Pooh and the three pigs when I was a kid. And, um, Remember the three pigs? I believe they were brothers. And one pig was busy constantly preparing everything and getting things ready and getting things right and preparing for winter and whatever. I'm going to give you my version of the three pigs story. Okay. And um, so he he was constantly busy. Well, the other two, they wanted to goof around, play around, whatever, because they knew the older or whoever he was, he could have been the youngest, was going to have everything taken care of. Well, remember the big, bad, what was it? Woof. Came and he blew houses down and, and, you know, and I think about that. We have a, a book back there. I hope we still have it by Beverly Capps, Charles Capp's daughter in there. She took, uh, children's stories and turn them into Christian stories. And it's a powerful book. I enjoy reading it. Anyway, they had to run for one house, and then he blew the second one down, and so they ran to the the other brother's house, and that one was secure. Amen? Well, we all want to be the one that is secure and stays secure and stays ready. Amen? So we must prepare for his attacks. We must learn how to overcome temptation. That's the one thing that I have found in the body of Christ in the last probably six months that Christians are having a hard time doing is overcoming temptation. Overcome te- temptation for false doctrine. Temptations in ways they never thought that they would fall. But the enemy is hes ruthless. The Bible says that Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy Jesus said, I come to give life and life more abundantly, John 10.10. So, three points on how to resist temptation. Number one, we need to know what it is. What is temptation? Temptation, you might want to write down this, is an enticement or an allurement to sin against the will of God. It is an enticement. Or an allurement to sin against the will of God. Praise you, Jesus. James James explains it this way in James 1, 13 through 15. I know this one's right. This would not be this would not be the sermon I would pick when I came home from vacation um, but this is a sermon God chose. I talked in earlier class this morning about so many people don't think that things can happen in America. Yet, In a college in Oregon not too far from us there was a Muslim that came in with guns. He told the Christians to stand up. The Christians stood up. He asked them, do you Do you believe in, are you a Christian? Yes. Boom, the first one was shot in the head. Boom, the second one was shot in the head. If they said they were Christians, they got shot in the head. If they said they weren't, they got shot in the leg. That's happening in our country, church, and we need to be prepared. I think about, like I told the early class, you know, nobody knew what he was going to do. And no idea. So this first one that stood up, they were all up. He said, yes, I'm a Christian. I think about the second one when he saw that happen. He didn't have a chance. You know, he didn't have, you know, where are we with our faith? This is why we must learn how to resist temptation. That is so sad when you think about it. But the devil comes to do what? Kill, steal, and destroy We need to pray that the next president we get is a person that has morals, is godly, and will stand up for this country no matter what. When we were on vacation, one of the people that I was privileged to sit by was a man from Australia. I talked to him about his government. We sat next to him the day before their stock market fell. Very interesting. Um, And we talked about... How, what they do with, with foreign people that come into their country that don't have the right paperwork. They throw them in jail. Then, they, if, they, if they aren't what the government wants in their country, they put them on a boat and ship them back. That's what our country needs to do. They do a thorough check on them. Amen? Amen so i'm going to share about um, myself the, something that the lord showed me last night um well, let's move on first we'll move on these verses teach several things about temptation first god does not tempt us to sin first corinthians 10 13. it isn't god that tempts us to sin you know a lot of people teach A lot of churches teach that it's God, but he does not. Why would he redeem us and then put us out there to tempt us? Therefore hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will suffer you to be tempted above that you... "...who will not suffer you to be tempted above, that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that, me, that, we, that ye may be able to bear it." Okay? Praise the Lord. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. "...for no temptation, no trial regarding or enticing to sin no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you and laid hold on you that is not common to man, that is is no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance, and that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience. And such as man can bear, but God is faithful to his word and his compassionate nature, and he can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure, but with the temptation, he will always provide the way out, the means of escape to the landing place that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. God promises that there will be a way of escape. Well, today, God is placing enough word in us to understand how to escape temptation. Amen? Praise the Lord. He loves us that much. So, he provides us a way out of temptation. The temptation, we're temp, we we get into temptation. And as we do, we refine our faith to help us grow in our dependence on him. It says in James, it says count it all joy when you enter divers tests and trials, knowing the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect will that you may be entire, wanting nothing. So the temptations and tests and trials that we go through, God knows we're going to come out on the other side and be much stronger. You know, brings out character in us, brings out strength in us. It's how, what attitude do we have? You know, sometimes when people are tempted, they start rebuking the devil, you know. But God says we're to count it all joy. Count it all joy, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Second, temptation in itself is not sin. Just because you're tempted doesn't mean it's you're sinning. We all are tempted. You know, if I asked every one of us, if you were tempted this week, you could all say, yes, I was tempted this week on the road to the airport. They only go 35 miles an hour on a one one lane road. I looked at Pastor and he looked at me and we both said, we're California people. You know, we, we learned a lot about patience trying to get to the airport. Amen. So we all deal with it. It's not sin. Jesus was tempted. However, however. He was without sin. Temptation only becomes sin when we give in to the temptation. I'm going to try to explain the, the process of temptation with a personal illustration of myself. And when God showed me this last night, I thought, oh, Lord, no wonder I hate this so much. But this was the beginning of me getting into a cycle that had to be that had to be delivered of when I became a Christian and that was lying okay I don't lie I hate lying don't lie to me I tell people in counseling whatever you do don't lie tell me the truth I don't care because God's going to tell me if you do so I was grounded you all know we lived right on the ocean I love the ocean I spent my afternoons with friends, we would, they would come to my house and I'd mm-hmm. go to the ocean and goof around in it. There were caves and things down there. Well I was grounded, but I knew what time my mother would be coming home. I just bought a pair of um, white buck shoes back in those days. You remember Pat Boone and his white suede shoes or whatever, but anyway that was big in our day. Um, We had, we wore those for cheerleading. I had just bought them. I normally went barefoot, but we decided we were gonna go to a rock quite a ways down. And I had never been on that rock. And we were gonna climb out, climb the rock and go up there and get a good tan. So off we went. Well, we fell asleep out there in the sun on the rock. I was in the sixth grade. And we woke up and the, the ocean was all around the rock. There was no way off that rock. We both looked at it and I thought, you're a goner. Because there, it was, that tide down there was so strong, it was probably at least five or six foot deep. I wasn't about to dive into that water and get off. I had my new shoes with me. How are you going to keep these new shoes? And how are you going to tell your mother how you got these shoes wet when you're grounded? Anybody think about this? Just think about it. And so we fell asleep, woke up, and here we are in the circumstances. The next thing I know, here are the rescuers to get us off that rock. Well, in such a hurry to gather up our things, I left one shoe on the rock. I can't remember if we were helicoptered out, I can't remember how it was done, but they got us off the rock. So that night or the next morning, my mother said, I was wearing a different pair of shoes. Where are your shoes? Oh, I don't know. I must have lost one. How could you lose your shoes? Well, that was, I began to lie at that time in my life. Well, you can't get away with anything. Our picture was on the front page that night of the Santa Cruz Sentinel being rescued off a rock. And my mother was like me, the worst thing you could do was lie. Well, if you'd think I was grounded grounded, I was really grounded then. So I learned how to, to lie, which was something I hadn't done, and you know when when I became a Christian, I had to get delivered from that, okay? I don't like to tell stories on myself. So temptation, um, well, let's look at Numbers thirty-two twenty-three. How stupid can you be? Try to make up some story that you lost your shoe when you're grounded. My mom was the beater in the house, the whipper. My dad never whipped us. My mom, my mom whipped us enough for anybody. Uh, numbers 32, 23. Don't all look at me like that because I know we've all lied in, in our lives. <laughs> but it, it became a, a habitual habit for me. Actually, it was probably a spirit, to be very honest with you. We opened the door one way or another and then it has to be we need to get rid of it. We have to be delivered from it. Thirty-two twenty-three. 23 um, but if ye will not do so behold you have sinned against the Lord and be sure your sin will find you out your sin will find you out But if you do not do so, let's go up to 23 and see what it's t- And the land is subdued before the Lord. Then afterward you shall return and be guileless in this matter. But the Lord before the Lord and before Israel and this land shall be your possession before the Lord. But if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord and be sure your sin will find you out. As I was praying this last night, as I was preparing this sermon, the Lord said, people's sins are about to be found out. Take it or leave, whatever I say, but that's what the Lord said. People that think they're hiding in this hour, it will be exposed. It will be found out. He said, we all need to stop it. My, my sin certainly was found out. I was enticed because I love the ocean. In James 1.14, it says, remember, the enemy wants to come and kill, steal, and destroy. So, and he's ruthless. And in this hour, he wants to ruin your reputation. He wants to ruin everything he can about you. And we have to make a decision that we're not going to allow him to. James 1, 14. But every person is tempted when he is drawn away, enticed, and baited. By his own evil desire, lust, passion. Then the evil desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully matured, brings forth death. Verse 16, do not be misled, my beloved brethren. Praise the Lord. Temptation is a process. Temptation starts with a harmless thought or a desire that entices us to do something that we are not supposed to do. I'll say it again. It starts with a harmless thought or a desire that entices us to do something that we are not supposed to do. It's a harmless thought. All of a sudden you have this thought. You kind of go, where'd that come from? Next, the initial thought is then entertained and explored. If we don't stop it, when it becomes a thought, we begin to entertain and explore the idea that's behind that thought. And this is where our five physical senses get involved here. What we hear. What we see, what we touch, what we taste, and what's the other one? What we smell. So the initial thought is then entertained and explored. We complete, we con- it's it's entertained and, ex- and explored, and then we contemplate committing the sin. So we all realize that we need to stop at the thought. And this is where 2 Corinthians 10:5 is why it's so important to me. Casting down imaginations and reasonings and every high thing that exalt- exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The best way you can do this is number one, know the word, but when these thoughts come, or these temptations come, go and talk to Jesus. Stop there. Stop what you're doing. Tell Jesus, I'm being tempted with this, Lord. I need scriptures on this. Tell him, I don't want to sin. I do not want to fall into this. If it's happened to you before, then that you know that the enemy got a stronghold somewhere and he's going to try to do it again. And it'll be stronger the second time. And then if there's a third time, whatever. But this is where we need to learn to take every thought captive, amen. So after entertaining the thought, we commit the act of sin to fulfill our cravings and desires. So first is the thought. Next, it's entertained and explored. So many people, so many times, and we've all done it, we kind of walk out to see how much rope we can get away with to hang ourselves. I'm telling you right now, don't even decide you wanna take a walk out on that rope. Have yourself so bound to the word of the Lord and to the Lord that you have no desire to go on that little trip. So then after entertaining the thought, we commit the act of sin to fulfill our cravings and desires. I'm going to give you another example of how temptation works. In the early chapters of Genesis, Eve was given the desire to eat the fruit, which God had forbidden her to do. Her husband sat down with her, told her, you know, she was the one that was not told by God her husband told her but she should have been obedient and um, Eve was given the desire to eat the fruit which God had forbidden her to do we likewise are constantly bombarded with the desires to commit sin bombarded fiery darts the Bible calls them from the wicked one okay We are tempted to lie on our income taxes. We are tempted to get angry and seek revenge upon our enemies. We are tempted to lust after other human beings. All of us are flooded with desires to commit sin. We've all gone through it. I mean, the enemy will use the the old thing, no one will ever know. No one's ever gonna know this. Well, God sees everything we do. I don't know what we're trying to prove here. Okay. Um, next Eve entertained the thought: If I don't know what happened to my apple that I had up there, I know that I know the fruit was not an apple. Next Eve entertained the thought: If I eat the fruit, I will gain wisdom and be like God. She justified the sin. How many of us know when we're, tempta- when we're tempted and we fall in it, we justify it? How? Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. Why can't I do it? No one's perfect. These are some of the things that the enemy will tell you or you'll tell yourself, okay? No one's perfect. God will forgive me, so I might as well do it. I've got 1 John 1, 9. God wants me to have a little fun. I didn't know it was wrong. (laughs) We also have a conscience. When we are tempted to sin, we entertain the desire and think of the benefits of the sin. I'm going to say this one again. When we are tempted to sin, when we've already gone this far with it, we entertain the desire and think of the benefits of the sin. What is sin? It's missing the mark. There's not, I don't remember what they call them. There's, there aren't bigger sins than other sins. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Missing the mark is missing the mark. Then after spending some time thinking about it, Eve committed the sin, right? At, and then she handed the fruit over to her husband And he went ahead and ate it. He saw her die spiritually in front of him. I'm going to put this really very bluntly. He didn't want to lose her, so he went ahead and ate it. She then became more important to him than God. Okay. Right after committing the sin, both Adam and Eve hid from God. I will tell you what the Lord showed me last night. You'll stop praying like you used to. You'll start, stop confessing the word. It'll become harder and harder to come to church. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling even so much more as we see the evil day approaching. So to me, if we forsake the assembling, then we are sinning. I'm going to be blunt here. Because if you go on and read that, what he put, he slaps that right in between. There is no longer an excuse. I, I would pull it out right now, but I don't have time. It gets pretty heavy on that. So, after we commit the Satan wants Satan wants us to feel guilty... That we, are, that we alienate ourselves from God. Not only do we alienate ourselves from God, we alienate ourselves from those that are in authority over us that can help us pray through. And we alienate, alienate ourselves from our family, from our friends, from our Christian brethren. We begin to pull away, okay? It will, this will produce spiritual death. The type of spiritual death James talked about in James 1:13 through 15. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted from God, for God is incapable of being tempted. What is evil? And he himself tempts no one. But every person is tempted when he is drawn away enticed, and baited by his own evil desire, lust passions. When the evil des- then the evil desire, when it is conceived, you know, this sin has to conceive in us. It gives birth to usually a spirit. It conceives in us, like it says here. gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully mature, brings forth death. Brethren, if we're going to conquer temptation, we must stop the temptation from going past the first stage. Anybody remember the first stage? Tell it to me. Pardon? Your thoughts. That's the first stage. You have not, sinned yet anybody can think something it comes right in your mind you have to stop there no you have to take it to God immediately 2nd Corinthians 10 5 if you're still dealing with it find someone you trust that's a, an authority your best person is your pastor they're not going to repeat it go to them and say Dear God, help me. I need, I've gone to pastor before and said, I need help in this area. Okay? We're, if we're going to conquer it, we must stop temptation from going past the first stage. We are all going to have tempting thoughts and desires. However, we must not entertain those thoughts. If we do, then chances are we will commit the sin. So far, we've noticed... To resist temptation, but we must know what temptation is. James 4, 7. What is it? <laughs> you know, everything that, that you hear should be able to be found in the Bible. You understand what I'm saying? Whoever you listen to, whatever they're telling you, it needs to be found in the Bible. Okay? So in 4, 7 it says, so be subject to God. Resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. What does it say? Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Stand against it, oppose it, and he has to flee, the Bible says. 1 Peter 5, 9. Some of us might be in the middle of something. Now is your day to be delivered. We might all be involved in something that we've got. I don't know. It's not. This is what the Lord told me. All you can do is put out the word. All you and pastor can do is be there for them. Put out the word, help them if they come to you for help. Put the word out so they can know how to walk in accordance to what the word of God says. That is what we are responsible for. He showed me you have been carrying too many burdens. It's up to me. Put the word out there. Be there if they call you and pray. Okay, where am I? 1 Peter 5, 9. Withstand him, be firm in faith against the onset, rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined, knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to your brotherhood, the whole body of Christians throughout the world. He says here um, in verse 7, Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times. For the enemy of yours, the devil roams around like a roaring lion, this is verse 8, in fierce hunger seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Withstand him, be firm in faith against the onset rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined, knowing that the same identical sufferings your brothers and sisters are going through. You're not the only one. No matter how desirable, alluring, appealing, tantalizing, or inviting the sin may be, we must not commit it. We cannot get suckered into Satan's web of deceit. Nothing in the world is worth our souls or our godly reputations. I'm going to tell you what God told me last night. He wants to ruin Christian's reputations. He wants to ruin your reputation at work, your, your total reputation. He is out there to try to destroy you. When I got this sermon last night, I did not want to do this. But he said, you have to do this now. It's expedient that you do this now. Now. So nothing in in this world is worth our souls or our godly reputations. We must say no to the temptation. We must say no to sin. In Genesis 39, 6 through 8. I had to fight to do this today, so talk to God about it if you don't like it. I wanted to come back and do some lovely thing on prayer or joy or it is good to be back. We love you all very much. 39, 6 and 8. 6 to 8. And Potiphar left all he had in Joseph's charge and paid no attention to anything he had except the food he ate. Now Joseph was an attractive person and fine-looking. Then after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said said to his master's wife, See here, with me in the house... My master has concerned about nothing. He has put all that he has in my care. He is is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept anything from me except you, for you are his wife. How then can I do this great evil and sin against God? Heavy. Here's this young man. He's, he's sold by his brethren. He's stuck in this house. And here comes his master's wife to tempt him. You know, men, men, young men have desires, let's face it. He said, no, I'm not going to sin against God. Potiphar's wife wanted him to go to bed with her. How in the world did this young man resist the temptation? Verse 9. I get over because my Bible's bent. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? He chose not to sin against God. Joseph determined in his mind that he would not commit such a sin against God. To resist temptation, we must predetermine in our minds that we are not going to sin against God it's a predetermination the scriptures we are told time and time again to rely upon God's strength and fight off temptation Ephesians 6 10 and 11 fight off fight it off you know tempt, you know someone told me a while back or several have it's hard being a Christian Well, yeah, because you're constantly like this. The enemy's constantly coming at you with past things, new things, things you've never thought about. We live in a wicked world. It says, as in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Lord be. God took me back to Sodom and Gomorrah and how the angel literally had to drag them out of there. And Lot's wife loved the place so much that she turned and looked back at it. She longed for it, the Hebrews said, and she was turned into a pillar of salt. Not only did that take place, but then his daughters get him so drunk that he stops and has sexual relationships with them. Now, that's pretty drunk. This is how, how it says Lot was vexed. Lot was vexed. He was vexed, all right. Well, people today are vexed. And we need to realize when we are being vexed, get out. Get out now. Amen? Where am I? Okay. Ephesians 6, 10 through 11. I'm going to share something I never knew before, and I looked this up. It was very interesting to me. Not this time, but the next time around. Not next week, but today. 6, 10, and 11. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with Him. Draw your strength from Him, that strength which His boundless might provides. Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier which God supplies, that you may be able, successfully, To stand up against all the strategies of the devil. And it talks about having done all to stand, stand therefore. I'll be honest. Some people put their armor of God on every day. But do you really know what you're putting on? Do you really understand each portion of it? Because if you don't, and you're just doing it as a ritual, then it's not going to do you much good. So if you, if you do this, if you chose that this is something that you do, you need to learn what every piece of that armor means. Amen? Because sometimes we just do things out of habit, and it does, it's not Rama to us. Okay? Illustration. I'm going to give you this illustration. I found this very interesting. Sometime back, the Denver Post reported this story. Like many sheep ranchers in the West, Lexi Lawler had tried just about everything to stop crafty coyotes from killing her sheep. She was, she had used odor sprays, electric fences, and scare coyotes. She has slept with her lambs during the summer and has placed battery-operated radios near them. She had corralled them at night, herded them all day, but the southern Montana rancher had lost scores of lambs, 50 Last year alone, this was, wasn't. Then she discovered the llama, the aggressive, funny-looking, afraid-of-nothing llama. Isn't this interesting? How many have ever heard this? The llama. Llamas don't appear to be afraid of anything, she said. When they see something, they put their head up and walk straight toward it. That is aggressive behavior as far as the coyote is concerned. And they won't have anything to do with that. (laughs) One llama. Instead of her having to turn on the radio, guard the sheep, whatever. One llama. You guys should, some of you look like, oh brother, another sermon. That's how you feel. There's something wrong with you spiritually. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm not here to baby you. I'm here to get you ready for the rapture, and so is Pastor. So get an attitude adjustment. I had to get an attitude adjustment last night trying to tell, in my heart, going, I don't really want to teach this. But here's this llama out there putting his head up and going towards the coyotes and scaring them off. One llama is all it took. Well, I learned this is really good. <laughs> that is aggressive behavior as far as the coyote is concerned, and that won't have any, and they won't have anything to do with that. Coyotes are opportunists and llamas take the opportunity away. When Satan attacks us with his devilish screams schemes, we must not fight him alone. <laughs> we need to send the llama out to help. We must send God out. To get rid of him. God's word is the llama in our life. You know, I'm giving you an illustration. Send God's word out. Go straight at the devil. Don't flee from him. You go straight at him. You tell him no. Get out of here in the name of Jesus. I overcome you, Satan, by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. Get out. Remember the llama next time. Put up your head. Go straight for it. We are not runners. We are more than a conqueror. Jesus didn't run from anybody. He went and conquered it. Amen. And he's made us more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We need to put on our armor who is Jesus Christ in the word of God and go after the enemy. Just don't give in, don't run, but stand on your two feet. If you have to grab somebody that you know is strong in faith and say, come on, we're going to take this thing on. I will tell you, I will get in the trenches with you. I will pray all night. I'll do whatever I have to do to see that you get free of something. But if you won't come to me or pastor, you won't share with us. God will, but it's not my place to call you up and say, listen, You're in this sin. You need to get out now. And I will if God tells me. But he's telling us today, put on God and walk forward and get rid of the thing now. Whatever it is. I don't care what it is. If it's gossip, if it's murmuring and complaining, whatever. Deal with it today. Hallelujah. Satan attacks us. With his devilish schemes, we must not fight him alone. We send the llama to help. We must send God to get rid of him. God's word. We are overcomers. When we are tempted, we need to go immediately to God in prayer and ask him to help us resist the urge to commit the sin. I've shared with you, I had a horrible problem with lust before I was saved. I went to pastor and told him when we first got married, well, after I became a Christian, if I'm tempted, I'm coming to you so you can help me pray through this mess. And he has. I haven't had that problem for years and years and years. But at first, it was a temptation. And I had to deal with it. And I had to decide I was looking from here up. Thank God I could go to my husband and he was standing there with me. I could go to God. I had the llama, God. I'm not putting God as a llama, but he he was always there. He has never failed me or forsaken me, ever, ever. Praise you, Jesus. Every day we battle temptation, and at times we lose the battle. But we must keep fighting and fighting to defeat it. We don't give up. The enemy will try to use scripture against you. The Bible tells us that we can resist temptation. How? We must understand what temptation is. If we don't understand it, how can you resist something? We must predetermine in our minds that we will not give in to the temptation. We need to pray Matthew 6, 13 and 14. I'm winding this down, let me tell you. Matthew 6. And... It says, pray like, therefore, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed, holy, kept holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory of Forever. Amen. Deliver us from the evil one. Hallelujah. That's number one. Pray. Two. Dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Psalm 91. You know, you have to dwell in that place. The secret place of the Most High is not a place where, well, when I feel like it or when I get in need or whatever you go running to. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. If you stay and dwell in the secret place of the Most High, you will remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God. On him I lean, rely, and in him I confidently trust. For then he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. And it goes on. And then it says in verse 11, he will give His angels special charge over you to accompany and defend and preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. Hallelujah. This is a promise. That's number two. Psalms 91. Three. Come to Him. Matthew 11:28. 28. I hope you're learning something. Hope you're not just sitting there saying, well, I've heard this before. Mm -hmm. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart. And you will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant, and my burden is light and easy to bear. Hallelujah. That's our God. Amen. That is our God. Do you know what? He wants us to live a life here on this earth, even though we're sojourners. He wants us to live and enjoy our life here on this earth. We need to cast our cares upon him. 1 Peter 5, 7. I am hurrying. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately, he cares about you watchfully, be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times. For that enemy of yours, the devil roams about like a roaring lion in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Withstand him, be firm in faith against his onset. When? Against his onset. Against his onset. Not after the fact but right away. Amen? James 5.16, I believe we read that. Philippians 3.14. No, we didn't do James 5.16, did we? You that are taking notes. Nope, so we'll go there. God wants us ready, armed, and prepared as a well-armed soldier... If any man sees his brother's sin a sin, which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death and I do not say that he shall pray for it. Did I get the right, right one or did I get the wrong one? James 5. Oh, I'm in first John. I am so sorry. James 5. You can tell I haven't talk for two weeks. You know, it's easy to take your iPad and go through the Bible on vacation. James five sixteen. Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins. And pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest... Heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Hallelujah. We must rely upon the strength of God to help us overcome temptation. We must rely upon the strength of God to help us overcome temptation. Remember, Jesus overcame Satan by the by the word. In Psalms one nineteen eleven, this is my last scripture. You might look up Philippians three fourteen later. Psalms one nineteen eleven, we should all rejoice. We we will walk. We will walk out of here like a llama <laughs> with our head up. And moving right towards it and saying, no more, no more. You don't have the right, you don't have power over me, devil. I did not give you my life. I gave Jesus my life. Amen. Mm -hmm. Psalms 119, 11. Your word have I laid up in my heart that I may not sin against you. Your word have I laid up in my heart. We have to put the word in our heart. We've got to lay that word up in our heart. Line upon line, precept upon precept. So every time a circumstance and a situation comes, you have the word in your heart to grab a hold of and go after the enemy with. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. We haven't prayed Anyone that has symptoms, if you need prayer, come forward at this time.